here we go. The Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn, host, creator, producer of The Spiritual Spiral. Thrilled you're here. Welcome to the show. I'm recording this the day before Thanksgiving, so you may hear it over the next few days. Hoping to publish it over the weekend. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And of course, I'm very thankful for this show. I'm thankful that people are taking the time to listen, to reach out to me, to be a part of the show. I've just had no idea this show would become so inspiring, uh, thought-provoking for me and my guests. And that's something I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create something that's deeper than the surface, that's creating something beyond an Instagram post. I'm excited about today's show. I've got some cool things I'm going to share with you, a story I'm going to share. I'm trying to put it all together in my head right now. And that's the other thing about the show. Nothing scripted, typically just off the cuff, thoughts that I'm trying to sort of formulate and figure out inside my head. So that's sort of what's going on right now. But You know, if you think about it, the world has really sort of reduced us to a fragment of our potential, if we're not careful. Twitter, I think it's about 140 characters now, but at some point it was much less than 140 characters. But, you know, Instagram has reduced us to a certain amount of characters that we can write and share. Instagram... And Facebook allow us to like something. Of course, you can comment. Instagram allows videos, but there's a cap. There's a, there's a minute. Of course, you can share stories, but it's, you know, allowed for 15 seconds. You know, there's IGTV. You're, you're allowed nine or 10 minutes or maybe 15 minutes. But there's always these limitations towards how we can communicate. When it comes to comments... You know, you don't know when the person's going to read your comment. You don't know when they're going to reply. You don't even know if they're going to reply. It it really creates a world. It's It's like a fragmented world. We can't express ourselves freely. And the problem for me is I see a world where it's carrying over to the rest of our lives. People are having conversations, but their phone is on the table. Or they're going to the movies, but they're constantly getting texts. Or they're watching movies at home, and they're they're doing email or texting. And even this idea of binge watching, you know, you're going through shows so quickly, but you're really not absorbing the true emotional impact of the show. And the other sort of caveat with all of this, I do feel as though, as a creator, as an artist, I have to be a part of the party. You know, I have to be a part of social media and Instagram and social media and Facebook and share my podcast or share my life. It does feel as though if you're not doing it, you're missing out or people are going to forget about you. It does feel as though if you're not on social media sharing and posting, the world will forget about you. You know, the world's just moving so fast now. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up, there's a couple themes on my show. It really hasn't been until the podcast where I felt as though I've found a medium that feels 
most symbiotic to who I am. You know, I don't like to be limited by 140 characters. I don't like this idea of limitations. I don't like this idea of commenting on something and who knows when the person's going to see my comments. And, you know, and I'm, I, I have a sense of humor. I'm sarcastic. And a lot of those elements to my personality, I don't know if I want to share it on a social media platform because there's so much confusion and this idea of opening up to 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 people, 100,000 people on Instagram, to me it feels slightly scary, scarier than a podcast. Although I feel as though I'm revealing more on my podcast than I would on Instagram. And the strange thing is, though, I don't know if revealing on Instagram, I don't know if it's necessarily scary. I don't know if it really makes a lot of sense. Because then you start getting wrapped up in the rabbit hole of comments and social media and what people think about you and how many likes you get. And I don't know if that's a healthy landscape to navigate. You know, I think there's something more intimate more nourishing to the soul about, you know, face-to-face conversations on my podcast as opposed to DMs and comments on social media. That was reinforced over the last week when I spoke to John Maddox, a drummer here in Los Angeles. And then I had a podcast a couple days ago where I spoke to both Calvin Corzine and Paul Teodo, two yoga teachers in LA. I mean, those two conversations that I had were so thought-provoking I'm in the midst of record I'm in the midst of editing both of them right now. But those types of conversations can't be had on social media. You know, an hour and a half, the phone's down, you're looking at somebody's eye, you're thinking, you're letting the other person speak and talk and listen. Those nuances of a conversation are not happening on social media and Instagram and I know as I'm closing in on the end of my book. I know as my podcast is getting more popular, you know, I know I may have to post more on social media and Instagram, and and I'm aware of that. It's also a rabbit hole and a world that is quite toxic and quite challenging to navigate emotionally. I was listening to Ezra Klein. So um, Ezra was speaking to Yancey Strickler, and he's probably best known for being the founder of Kickstarter. Yancey has a new book out, and they were talking, or he was talking about his struggles and the way he sort of was trying to navigate social media. And so I wanted to play a clip for you and then play another clip and talk about it. And then I want to bring up this idea of Ditties, how I feel as though we're all creating little ditties. <laughs> D-I-T-T-Y apostrophe S, ditties. But anyway, so I want to play this clip for you, and then I'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, this was an essay I wrote earlier this year, and I wrote it after um, I, I was reflecting on, on the fact that I'm bad at the Internet. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty good adult, um, but 
you know, I, I'm, I'm like confident we could have a conversation on a plane and we'd both enjoy ourselves. But on the Internet, I'm just I'm just so awkward. And for many years, I just chose to blame the Internet for that. I'm just like, well, you know, it's stupid. And and then I just started to think about this question of what, what would it mean to try to be, be myself on the Internet? What if there's like a coming of age online that I need to go through? And in that, tried to question why it was I was so afraid to do that. And it made me think about the, the brilliant Shishin Lu books uh, that starts with a three-body problem. And in it, he, he expresses this theory of the universe, um, which is that human beings look out into space, we, we send, you know, SETI messages into space, we keep waiting for a response, and no one says anything back. And that drives us to think that there must not be anyone there. Because if they were, of course, they'd be so happy to hear from us. All the aliens are just can't wait to meet humans. And, and they're on their way. But, you know, instead, no one writes back. And so in the book, he, he offers instead a, a metaphor where he says, think of a dark forest at night. A dark forest at night is also silent. You don't see anything. Uh, that could lead you to think that the dark forest is empty. But actually, the dark forest is full. It's just that everything that lives there has learned that it's too dangerous to show themselves. So instead, they stay silent. And so the theory would be then that us on Earth, we are similarly in a dark forest of the universe where there's many, many life forms out there. However, we're the only ones dumb enough to show our heads. And I feel like that what it made me think about is that the Internet has become the same thing, where it seems like the, the risk and reward of showing yourself, much less even showing your real self, but showing yourself online just feels so dangerous. You become a target. You have this fear of being under siege. So instead, we all hide. We hide in Slack channels. We hide in tiny letter and Substack emails. We, we hide in iMessage threads and WhatsApp threads. And fewer and fewer of us are saying what we really think. And at the same time, then the, the dominant, you know, the dominant zeitgeist is being held by those more aggressive voices, those hunters uh, who have nothing to fear because they are the ones others should fear. And so it just empties out um, just the mainstream conversation from anything other than kind of a, an aggressiveness and a, a feeling of predator and prey. And uh, it's terrifying to think about. And, and the reaction I had once I sort of thought that through was, well, you know, I think I've got to learn how to step up and be myself. It feels like the cost of all of us hiding would be extraordinary. Um, so I'm going to you know, try to take on this challenge of being a human being on the Internet. And, and honestly, it's still a struggle for me. Um, and, and even now, like a book coming out, I feel, you know, it's, it's, it's anxiety inducing. I think a lot of what he said sort of inspired the first segment of my podcast. But I, I just connected to it a lot because, you know... I, I'm struck by his idea of, and, you know, and he's right, Yancey's right. There's so many voices that are out there on Instagram and social media, and they're getting a lot of attention, but they're, by, they're doing it by yelling or screaming, doing whatever they can to get your attention because everybody's attention is so limited now. And everybody's so distracted. And I feel as though I don't know if I can combat that world. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if, and again, it's just, I'm just thinking out loud now. And I think people that are comfortable using social media all the time have sociopathic tendencies, I think are incredibly insecure or crave attention or get caught up 
in the back and forth of DMs and comments. And I don't know if I'm really interested in, in the minutia, the little ditties that I sort of touched on earlier. A little di- a ditty is like, it's a small, simple little song. It feels as though everybody, the world is being reduced to little ditties. The phone and technology and Instagram has, has reduced us all to performing little ditties. Little simple 10-minute stories or a minute this or a quick text that. It's shrinking everybody's potential. So I want to play Ezra's response to Yancey's comments about his struggle with the with with social media. The thing that I worry about uh, online is that there are very few places now that seem to me to permit soft voices. And so, as you say, there is a selection effect where all of these different platforms are dominated by the loudest voices. It selects for a personality type that is on some level unfiltered, on another level just loves conflict and aggression and spectacle. And there's a way in which that's always been true in mass media, right? I mean, there's something to being outrageous. Donald Trump was famous before Twitter. Um, He was famous in part for being, you know, outrageous and flamboyant and and so on. But as we've moved into this, like, predator-prey dynamic that you describe, I don't know. Uh, It's possible to compete in it, and it's possible to be in it. But in terms of imagining what our society looks like, 20 or 30 or 40 years forward, if we just keep building spheres where that is what we push people towards being or pretending to be, and that is what we select for and the people whom are really valued uh, on, on these platforms, it doesn't sound to me like we are creating the kind of future discourse and communities that we would hope for. This is the struggle for me. Although this podcast and Ezra and people out there are reminding us about the destruction of technology and how... There's, there's a reason why people feel so shallow, and it's because they're trying to replace a hug or a face-to-face conversation with a DM or, or Instagram. I mean, that doesn't have the same everlasting effect that, you know, a face-to-face dinner conversation has. I think we as human beings are too easily manipulated and tricked into thinking technology and cell phones are the way to communicate. There's such an ease to texting and DMing and staring at Instagram all day and staring at Netflix all day. I say this all the time, but it is so easy to numb out now. But part of the excitement of the podcast is it requires people to actually get in their car, drive over here, put their phone down, and talk. It almost feels as though in order for that to happen now, you need to have a podcast. Because even if you go out to dinner, nine times out of ten, I look around and people have their phones on the table. But, you know, you turn the microphone on, you know people are going to hear this. You're face-to-face, you have the headphones on. It, re- it, it almost it requires that to retain intimacy that comes from having a conversation.
and I, I want to talk about ditties. <laughs> I want to share a story, and then I want to talk about a couple new albums that came out. Again, I've said earlier how I think we live in a world now where everybody's making little ditties, little texts, little quick songs. And when I was writing a lot of music years ago, it's it was generally pretty easy for me to sort of come up with a groove, you know, a little melody, a verse. That stuff is pretty easy. But to actually, you know, sit down and write a succinct, clear three, four minute song with really great lyrics, great production, you know, that's really challenging. And I look around at, you know, these, and this is where I disagree a little bit with, with Yancey. I don't know if it really does take courage to post selfies and little videos on Instagram. I think they're all pretty much, I think of them as all little ditties. They're all pretty shallow and pretty easy to accomplish. But that's the world we live in now. And that's why I think, creatively speaking, we are detracting and spiraling downwards. And, and the, the output that is released every year, to me, isn't as interesting as it used to be. You know, people are more consumed and interested in producing ditties as opposed to, you know, a nine, ten song record or a, a book. So I want to share the story. Last week, I was just a little backstory. One thing that really annoys me about yoga teachers, not all, but it's sort of a trend on Instagram, is it almost feels as though unless you're sponsored by somebody or a brand, you're not a yoga teacher. Or you're a better yoga teacher if you have a sponsorship, if a clothing company gives you free clothes, or and all these yoga teachers are, you know, they all say something like, you know, for 10, 20% off an elixir, brands reach out to yoga teachers and then yoga teachers post all these posts on Instagram about how they're repped by an elixir or an oil or a diffuser company or a candle company or a shorts company. You know, I get free shorts from a company and I don't feel like I should be posting posts with my shorts, but it just is sort of this trend that's happening on Instagram with yoga teachers. So I was in the middle of writing my book last Saturday I've been having some tooth problems, as you probably know. I had a wisdom tooth pulled last week, and my teeth are finally doing better now. But um, I got a water pick to clean my teeth, even even better than just brushing or using floss. So I was in my house just taking a quick break from writing my book, and I, I suddenly had this epiphany. I was like, huh, wouldn't it be really funny if I was sponsored by the water pick? <laughs> And, and I came up with this idea where I had to post like water pick videos of me using the water pick and talking about how great the water pick is and how wonderful my teeth are because of the water pick. So I, I even like went a step further and I recorded this 60 second video where I'm pretending to be sponsored by water pick. And I had just had lunch and I had chocolate pretzels, which by the way, I love from Trader Joe's. They're dark chocolate sea salt pretzels. Highly recommend them. Uh, they're not a sponsor, but just anyway, on the side. So I had this funny idea where, God, that'd be really funny if I was sponsored by Waterpick and I have to shoot videos of me water picking my teeth. So I just had chocolate pretzels and I started water picking my teeth over the sink and I'm shooting this video and there's like disgusting chocolate going everywhere all over the sink and water's oozing out of my mouth and I'm talking at the same time. And I thought it was really funny. 
And so I posted it as a story on Instagram. And, you know, my niece thought it was really funny. And a couple friends reached out to me and thought it was funny. But over the next few hours, I was getting all wrapped up in the, in the ditty that I made, the little minute silly ditty that I made on Instagram. And I was curious what people thought about it. Was I insane? Was it stupid? Was it disgusting? Because there's chocolate pretzel shit all over the sink. And then I wasn't thinking about my book anymore. I was distracted. I was thinking about what people were saying. And then I tried to sit down and write again. And then I couldn't think. Again, I kept thinking about my stupid Instagram posts. And this was going on for a few hours. And it was everything I say about Instagram. I felt like a huge hypocrite. Everything I say about what Instagram is doing, I was perpetuating or I was a part of. And I can see why Instagram is so fun and exciting. I mean, I had this silly idea, and right away you can post something and get a reaction. And that's the world that we live in now. We constantly want reinforcement and reaction. We are continually drawn away from the moment to get a reaction. And I realized in those few hours, I was completely distracted from writing my book. I couldn't think about it anymore. I could not think about my book. And it was driving me nuts. It was pissing me off. And I eventually took the video down. But it was almost like this this sociological experiment or this mental experiment where it's true. You are so easily drawn into getting instant satisfaction, instant reinforcement, because I guess we crave it all the time or we're insecure And I felt ashamed. I felt as though, again, I I can see why people do it. I can see why I did it because I thought I had a funny idea and I thought it was silly. And again, I even struggle with this idea of once my book is done, I may have to start posting some videos and talk about it. And so, you know, maybe, maybe the best artist now is one who can navigate social media and the craft at hand. Maybe those are going to become the ones that are the most successful, the ones that are somehow able to navigate both of those areas, because I couldn't do it. I came up with this idea, posted on Instagram, and then for the next three hours, instead of writing my book, I was thinking about this silly ditty that I put on Instagram. And again, that's sort of what I think we have become. We have become producers of little ditties. And to write a book, to produce an album... It requires so much more focus, awareness, patience. You're not able to get instant reactions from it. You know, I can't post little videos every few days about the progress of my book. I mean, I guess I could. I could say like, hey, I wrote 20 pages today. But that just seems so self-indulgent and silly. I mean, maybe that would be interesting to people. I I don't know. I, I, I certainly don't think it would be, but... Maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot. Maybe I am not going to become as successful as those out there that are somehow able to navigate posting on Instagram while they work on their craft. Maybe that is the world we live in. The new Coldplay record came out today, or a few days ago, and... 
You know, I talk about how I think creatively we have spiraled downward. It's I don't remember the last time I listened to a record where the whole record excited me. But to me, the Coldplay record represents the shift in the creative culture. I think it was terrible. I think the record is terrible. I loved Coldplay's first few albums, but the album is like a couple ditties where they sound like demos and then there's a song where it's just strings and then there's a song where they're kind of singing with a choir and it isn't until like the fourth or fifth song where there's actually a full band sound. The melodies aren't memorable. The lyrics aren't memorable. The the record just sounds terrible. There There's nothing memorable about what they produced. And again, I can't help but think it requires so much focus, so much patience, so much nearsightedness to work on your craft, not be distracted by cell phones and God only, God only knows what else is going on in your life. And, and I feel as though that record symbolizes our culture's inability to focus and produce something great because the album is so far from being great. Even Beck's latest album, again, I'm a huge Beck fan. Sea Change is one of the greatest albums of all time. This latest record of his is terrible. I think there's one or two songs on there that are interesting. The rest of it is, it just sounds like a bunch of little ditties. Nothing interesting or deep going on. That's the culture, though, that I think we're living in. Everybody's making little ditties, but rarely is somebody making something with depth and greatness. So, you know, I struggle with this concept of my time, what's worth my time. Do I share on Instagram and talk about my book and talk about my progress, talk about my yoga classes I'm teaching, or do I, I find myself taking further steps away from the platform every day. You know, I don't know if I'm shooting myself in the foot. I often think it does require, as I said earlier, um, a mental capa- a mental fortitude to navigate both your real life, your creative life, and the Instagram life. And that, to me, feels so overwhelming and almost impossible. Remember, I have John Maddox, a drummer, composer here in Los Angeles, that'll drop next week. I'm hoping to also release the conversation I had with Calvin Corzine and Paul Teodo in my studio. Hoping to release two podcasts next week, but I have to edit both of those. So I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. As always, remember, please head on over to iTunes. If you dig the show, write a quick review, give it a five star. Head over to my Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. You can support the show directly there. You can message me on Twitter at Eddie Cohn or Instagram at Eddie Cohn. Say hello. Tell me what you think of the show. I really appreciate you all listening, being a part of the show. This podcast feels much more me than Instagram and social media, so I appreciate you being a part of this process. For me, sort of navigating the creative and technological landscape of our culture. So I'm thankful for you listening, supporting the show. And as always... As I just said, thanks so much for being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.